Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Listen, America, I get it. You hate me. Uh, you hate my voice and you hate my face. In the past, I have been big and loud, but tonight I am a sweet little baby Trump. Senator Sanders, how are you? I'm good. I'm hungry, but I'm good. And now, if you don't mind, I'm going to dial it right up to a 10. Wait a minute, do you all like this? I'm not losing, am I? I mean, in 2008, of course I lost. I was running against a cool black guy. But this year, I thought I got to be the cool black guy. <clears throat> I, the best ever Donald Trump, promise to accept the results of this election if I win. Got you, loser, trademark. Oh, Donald, no! Get real. I'm made of steel. This is nothing. From the New York Times, this is The Run-Up. I'm Michael Barbaro. <laughs> so before we even begin, I guess I have to I have to make a little bit of a confession that this episode completely terrifies me because Why? even when you interview Newt Gingrich <clears throat> and you host a podcast, there's like enough of a power dynamic. Like I know that stuff. I know how to interview Newt Gingrich. I'm not funny. And when I try too hard to be funny, I think people are only laughing because I've tried so hard. And so humor scares the hell out of me. So... That's my confession. Don't you know try to be funny. Is you don't have to be funny. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm exactly. not. I'm not. That's <coughs> that's going to be the goal. That's going to be great. But the, so, the less yeah. funny you are, the better the episode will I don't, be. I don't you know see that how I, I agree. Dress? Like, <laughs> I it's aggressively non funny. I think you need to step up. You have to step up and deliver effortless, effortless humor, effortless laughs. <laughs> On today's show, our effort at effortless humor. Because believe it or not, this is the last episode before election day. And every election is exhausting, but this one has taken everything. And so today, rather than dissect the numbers or do last-minute analysis, we're just going to hit pause. We asked three of our favorite comedians to come on the show. And these are comedians, so there's some cursing. Phoebe Robinson co-hosts the Two Dope Queens podcast. Chris Gethard is one of our favorite stand-up comedians. And Cameron Esposito created and stars in the new TV show, Take My Wife. So, Chris, Phoebe, and Cameron, all the way from Los Angeles, thank you for being here. Hey, Boo. How's it going? Is it okay that I, I called you Boo? I'm the Boo. I'm yeah, you're boo. boo. Yeah. I've never been Boo on the show. How would I know how <laughs> to respond to that? <laughs> that's why That's why me, Phoebe Robinson, does podcasts to call people Boo and just get real intimate real quick. I don't know. I feel surprised that you've never been called Boo on your political podcast on the New York Times. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of weird and I don't get it. <laughs> I want to start very, very simply. Is Donald Trump a funny man? Okay. Um, here's so I used to watch The Celebrity Apprentice like years ago, and he actually is like I hate to say he actually is kind of funny, but like what he's doing now is not funny. It's kind of like, yo, dude, like let's just stop. This was had a great run. <laughs> you got some Instagram you know, followers, but it's over. <laughs> Phoebe, I think you've hit on a great point, which is that it's as if he's taken the rhythms and skills that a stand-up would need, like charisma, 
and an ability to say things that people cheer along with. And he has used them only for darkness. Like, have you ever seen one of your favorite comics tell a really blue joke? And you're like, oh, man, you didn't need to talk about you need to talk about that. Like when Michael Richards that. said the N-word and everyone was like, yo. So disappointing. <laughs> you can just shake your head around, yeah. dude. That's all you need to do. You don't need to bring that here. Yeah. I would go so far as to say I think he's legit funny. Like I think he's got chops, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I actually think that's like kind of how he survives. Like even at a couple of the debates, he made me laugh I mean, I don't want to point this out, but you are the only straight white man. On all this right. podcast, that I, is a comedian. So forty-five seconds in, I'm on the defensive. <laughs> I'm on the defensive. It's just like I could maybe think that he's funny if I wasn't like, where am I gonna live? You know, am I gonna be forcibly divorced? Like no. the thing is, he's not to gonna win, Cam. He's not. No, I know he's here, not gonna here win. Here first, can I, like he literally thinks every black person lives in the inner city like literally every single Chris. one i'm like oprah does not but that's okay i just wanted to say <laughs> if it's okay the conversation's moving pretty fast and i'm not the most fast-paced guy but i i did i spoke once saying i thought it was funny and then got told i was a straight white male and then the conversation <laughs> moved on right past i do i mean i do want to just are, go though. i am but i just also want to go on record and say the other thing i was going to say is that <laughs> while i think donald trump is funny I know a lot of comedians who are really funny, and they're terrible people who shouldn't be the president of the United States. Like, <laughs> terrible people. Horrible. Just because you're funny doesn't mean you're qualified to do anything. So I Of just... the three of us, who do you think is the most qualified to be president? Oh, great question. Okay. Uh, Gosh, we It each... should not really take this long. No, because no, we we're each represent... right now analyzing all of our own flaws, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I couldn't do it just because the amount of pressure and anxiety. I'd, I'd definitely be crippled with uh, anxiety and depression right out of the gate. 100%. I don't know. I think you should be present. I don't think I could because I'm too flighty. Like, I didn't know Brexit was happening until it was, like, happening. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's not good, guys. Everyone's like, yeah, we talked about this two months ago. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and watch, you know, Empire. I'm not sure if I could be present because I have a tendency to go on podcasts and call people straight white men. And that doesn't get you elected. <laughs> or maybe it, maybe it, maybe name calling does get you elected. Yeah, <laughs> I want to tell. I want to turn to Hillary Clinton, and she's not funny. That's the right yeah. diagnosis, correct? I, you know what killed me when she was on Between Two Ferns with Galifianakis. I liked it a lot, but I was like, go make a joke. Like she's just being. It's like she's not in the comedic sense. She is being the straight man here. And it was killing me because I was like, no, throw a couple punches. Like, yeah. get the laugh lines. Like, I couldn't help but compare it to when Obama did it. And he got a couple, like, he tossed a couple haymakers. And I was like, I want to see her just, like, let her guard down and just be funny. Yeah. I felt like she wasn't willing. As secretary, how many words per minute could you type? And how does President Obama like his coffee? Like himself? Weak? You know, Zach, those are really out-of-date questions. I, 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 you need to get out more. What happens if you become pregnant? Are we going to be stuck with Tim Kaine for nine months? How does this work? I, I could send you some pamphlets that might help you understand. First, you supported Obama's Trans-Pacific Partnership deal, and then you were against it. I think that people deserve to know. Are you down with TPP? Uh, I'm not down with TPP. No, you're supposed to say, yeah, you know me. I feel like I, I th think because she is 
a woman in the public eye and literally is dissected nonstop. Like her, the way that she dresses, like her getting sick from like touching people, which is what happens when you shake tons of hands, you get sick. It's not a weird thing that happened. And just she's always people are saying she's not cool. She's not this. She's not that. It's really hard to let your sense of humor shine when everyone is nitpicking and saying that you're kind of a failure in some way. And so the other thing about Hillary's like lack of humor, perceived lack of humor is she can't she's not allowed to let her guard down. And to make a joke, you inherently have to take a risk and let your guard down. Like anytime you go to make a joke, like it could bomb. And that's a risk she can't take, just in the same way that when you watch the debates and he's saying all this crazy stuff and aggressive stuff that she just sits there. I think like I think everybody, I think on my end, I would watch those debates and be like, why isn't she just lashing out and being like, that's not true. But then you realize, oh, if she lets her guard down, people are ready to pounce. And I think to make jokes, you have to, if she made a joke and it bombed, it would be a meme 30 seconds later, and everybody, no one would ever, ever drop it. And that is a thing that other politicians don't have to deal with, that she does. Can we talk about the last That's debate? That's a really good point, Chris. Yeah. Thank you so no, much, Phoebe. Yeah, no, Thank I just you so was much. like, oh, I didn't think about that, but you're totally right. If she made yeah. a joke that fell flat, yeah. the internet would explode. Yeah. <laughs> right. She was pretty funny at that uh, dinner. She was. She the was. Catholic she dinner. was the Al Smith thing. Yeah. The Al Smith dinner. She was pretty funny. Like, I yeah. actually thought her... I mean, I know neither of these candidates are writing their jokes, but I thought she she could laugh at herself. That mm-hmm. was what was cool about it, because half of her jokes were about her opponent. The other half were like, these are the things that you think about me. I was taking performance enhancers. I was prepared. Like, yeah. she had some funny <laughs> jokes about herself. This is such a special event that I took a break from my rigorous nap schedule to be here. <laughs> And as you've already heard, it's a treat for all of you, too, because usually I charge a lot for speeches like this. Now, I'm going to try my best tonight, but I understand I am not known for my sense of humor. That's why it did take a village to write these jokes. (laughs) There is nothing like sharing a stage with Donald Trump. Donald wanted me drug tested before last night's debate. And look, I gotta tell you, I am so flattered that Donald thought I used some sort of performance enhancer. Now, actually, I did. It's called preparation. That dinner was really fascinating because through comedy, I think what they really underline, I think I think she has a very true, you know, despite the fact that she is often slammed for being like a nerd or a policy wonk, like she also has a very, very clear sense of self-awareness and that was underlined, whereas Trump's complete and total lack of self-awareness was also yeah. totally highlighted at that event. And which lack was of awareness amazing. for yeah. his surrounding, which was the Catholic right. Church. The mm-hmm. fact that he made a right. joke, a quote-unquote joke that was like, Hillary hates class. Catholics, she's pretending not to. <laughs> that is the most bizarre choice, comedically, just speaking as a comedian. It's one of the most bizarre. It was a poorly structured joke that I couldn't quite figure out what the angle was. And to deliver that in a room full of Catholics at a charity event, it was like, wow, know your audience, know yourself. What are you going for? Hillary believes that it's vital to deceive the people by having one public policy and a totally different policy in private. 
That's okay. I don't know who they were angry at, Hillary. You are right. For example, here she is tonight in public pretending not to hate Catholics. <laughs> now, if some of you haven't noticed, Hillary isn't laughing as much as the rest of us. That's because she knows the jokes. And all of the jokes were given to her in advance of the dinner by Donna Brazil. You know there's, like, joke writers being paid because he had enough good ones. And you know for a fact he was like, and here's one of mine. And they were like, eh, you're not going to want to. You're not. And he's like, no, 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 I got this. You know, I promise you it will come out someday that whoever wrote his jokes is like, yeah, he just flew solo on that one. I promise he <laughs> No, I fully one. agree with you. You could see it in his eyes 100%, Chris. That was definitely him, like, I'm going to add my signature Donald <laughs> Touch. Everyone's going to love it. I want to talk about Trump and Twitter and humor for just a minute. Because... There is a lot of humor when it comes to Donald Trump on Twitter, but it's exceptionally cutting. And Chris, I want to ask you to start by reading this first tweet okay. on that document. Um, Obama is without question the worst ever president. I predict he will now do something really bad and totally stupid to show manhood. Is that his? He tweeted that? <laughs> also, how do you show your manhood as president? Well, I know how Donald would do yeah, it. Yeah, he would just whip it out. He'd be like, no thanks. He would thanks. just show his manhood. <laughs> no I thanks. Love, I just saw a quote last night he, at one of his rallies where you, when Biden, which I also, I, I did, it was weird. Like when Biden threatened to, said how much he'd love to fight Trump and everybody was so charmed by it. I did, I saw footage of Trump at a rally and, and I thought he had a point where he's like, if I said I wanted to fight somebody, the world would go nuts. He's like, why is it okay for Biden? And I do think there's something valid there. But then to watch him, did he It was like he could not say it. He's like, I'd love to. Uh, me and Biden, we go out back. Oh, uh, sure, Biden, you're a tough guy. You're tough. We'll see how that fight goes. That would be easy. And it's like he can't, like, he gets challenged on anything. And he's like, I could, he's basically like, I could beat the shit out of Joe Biden. And like, like that's how no easy way. it is to get him yeah. worked right. up. Because yeah. Joe Biden <laughs> can say, I'd love to fight him. And Trump spends 10 minutes going, I'll take him out back. I'll, I'll tear his head off his body. Biden. And Joe Biden would easily win. You think easily. so? Easily, yes. <laughs> wow. Jo Joe, I think it'd be a good fight. I don't. I don't. I do not think so. I think Donald Trump's health is atrocious. He Biden's, lies. Biden's much older, though, right? Wait, lies about what? His he said. He said his health was like amazing. He has a perfect physique. <laughs> Trump would cheat. That is true. He would cheat. Trump but would I feel cheap like, shot. I feel like Joe has just. Probably like boxed a little bit back in his day. I don't know. I think he got it. I think he's, he's a, got he's it. He's a working class dude. He takes Amtrak's. Exactly. Can I? <laughs> yes, Cameron, please. He does take Amtrak. For me, when Joe Biden says he wants to fight Trump, to me that feels like he's fighting a bully for all of us. I want to say that I, I, I want to call you out on something because a couple minutes back, you were talking ab about the double standard of asking about a woman's laugh and the challenges of being a public woman. Biden and Trump here, these are kind of reckless expressions of hypermasculinity, and I'm I'm surprised to not hear a little more but Trump is a bully. alarm at that. But both of them are talking in terms of combat I'm and confrontation. And like, you. is that what we want in our politics? Well, I've I had the same thing where it's like, as as a comedian and as a regular dude and as a Democrat and a progressive guy, it makes me laugh really hard to hear Joe Biden go, "I would fight Trump. I'd love that." <laughs> But then there's also a part of me that I think is a rational human being that that is willing to say, I don't care how we justify it, it is a little weird to have a sitting vice president <laughs> talk about how he'd like to physically fight a presidential candidate. Number and that one, doesn't get called totally. out because it's like our crazy Uncle Joe Biden. <laughs> like, 
like the Uncle Joe who visits from Delaware once in a while. Like we're not calling that out. Doesn't mean I don't like it. Yeah. Doesn't mean that I'm not like fuck yeah, Joe. Sorry if the language. Can we bleep that? Sorry. Family newspaper. Phoebe's Beep. Phoebe's been cursing oh, the whole time. Wait, no, 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 it's, right. it's too late. It's too late. Right. Sorry. This you is. You can invite three comedians. No, it won't. It'll be I fine. I mean, I don't. You invited three comedians. No. I take it back. I take <laughs> it back. New York Times, and I'm not going to be. Bleeped. No, I take it back. Oh, we we really gosh. relish. Okay, good. <laughs> right, Phil. The paper of record loves a loves a loves an f bomb. Um, I want to tackle one more tweet. I'm going to read this one myself. I have never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. (laughs) So why is that an opinion to have? Can I just cop something? Can I just cop something here? (laughs) Did you just ask if it's true? Does the New York Times want to know? Here's the thing. I will say this. I will get your back on this, boo. I will get your back on this, boo. If if Donald Trump hadn't posted this, but certain comedian <laughs> friends of mine had, I would laugh at that this tweet. I would retweet it like, for sure. <laughs> if someone like and, and like, I would not expect many. Like, I wouldn't expect some alt comedian, but like Tim Dillon, my friend Tim. If yeah. Tim Dillon tweeted that, I would laugh at it and push like on Facebook. Yeah. I never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. There is something about diet. That's a slam on Diet Coke. That's true. Pretty funny. If Donald Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump says it, it has all sort of implications about the ignorance of it and. And the fact that someone who's trying to be a, a president, a, a leader of the free world, shouldn't be saying that. But if certain, if a certain type of comedian posted that, I, w- I would giggle. That's true. Is this the right time to tell you that he drinks a lot of regular Coke? Because he does. When you go into his office, he's drinking Coke and he offers you Coke. Wait, you've been in his office? I've been in his office. Michael, would you like a Coke? And then he yells out to his assistant, Rona! And I said, no, I just want some water. Is it like a can of Coke or is it like one of those glass bottles? It's not Mexican Coke, is I, it? I, yeah, I want to no recall it as a plastic so, cup of I like water. it a lot. Though. I of bet he soda. drinks the Mexican Coke. <laughs> you do, yeah, because it tastes way better. I like it. Glass, it just out better. of a glass bottle alone, oh, let alone crisp. the lack of corn syrup. Yeah. Oh I bet gosh. he's drinking Mexican Cokes. Yes. I, I would not be shocked if three days after the election, he's like, I'm just going to come clean. I had no idea I was going to go that far. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, I had for no sure. idea. I, I, I was as flummoxed as all of you. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like November 12th that he's like, hey, uh, my, my bad on that because that, I, that, I, I got in over my head on yeah. that. Uh, sorry. Who do you think gets that interview? He's who, do you think, oh, who do you think gets that interview? Broadcasting that on Facebook Lauer? Live. I think, I think, he, I think he's going to try and start his own he's TV like, network. He's trying. And I think he's going to try and get Oprah to interview him. She's going to be like, in your dreams. But maybe she might do it. All right, you just brought up Trump TV, which is yeah. the theory out there that Donald Trump, post-election, especially post-defeat, if it happens as the polls are just, starts a media empire, and that it would maybe even be called Trump TV because he likes to see his name in lights. So what is your favorite show on future Trump TV? I, I look forward to a show that's hosted by Mike Pence that's really reasonable and definitely the lowest-rated show on Trump <laughs> TV. There's no one watching it. All right, but Trump TV, 2 a.m., what are you watching? Okay, I think it should be a, a show hosted by Ivanka. I think it should be called Guys, I Try to Tell Them. And it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a clip show in the, the style of America's Funniest Videos. And she just goes through and she just plays clips of when Donald says something insane. She pauses and she's like, guys, I try to tell them that was not going to be a good look. He didn't want to listen. Next clip. Guys, I tried to tell him. 
So she revives her reputation yes. by systematically apologizing for everything yes. he's done in the last 16 months. Yes. Phoebe, I think, can I can yeah. I add a pitch to this? I'm yes. just you don't you can reject it fully. <laughs> okay. But I think it's Tiffany Trump. The very uh, un <laughs> the unrepresented Trump. Because Ivanka's been really towing the party line. Tiffany, whenever the camera cuts to her, she just looks like, guys, I I I didn't I just wandered in here. <laughs> like the 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 family plane dropped me off and I didn't even mean to be here. I don't think so she I would be like, allowed to get a show on Trump TV. I think that's, that's a really I, good I don't point. think it would get greenlit. <laughs> that's you know a really good point. I like. Oh, she's so left behind. I really like the idea of Trump TV because I think, um, like, I, I really want to see how it affects Fox News in a big way, mm. because I think there's been a thing with the Republican Party for for a longer time now, and it's. I think Trump has clearly brought it to a head of this party that has always played upon emotion and about morality plays and. Uh, and, and like this effort to sort of like play into a nostalgia of a past of America, but that's clearly a past that's laced with old values that do not apply anymore. And I think Trump has really, um, all his supporters, I, I, in my opinion, from what I can see from the outside, seem to be the people who are most hardcore about that. And I like the idea that he's going to start a network that takes them all to one place. Because we so got all Fox these... News becomes centrist <laughs> <laughs> by the standards of where the Republican Party yeah. is going. It really could. It really could. Yeah. It yeah. Really yeah. could. Wow. Oh, you guys, last minute, last minute idea. Okay, it's a Property Brothers type show, but it's uh, <laughs> Eric and Donnie Jr. Right, and what they do is they go and they um, rehab Trump employees' houses with gold fixtures that they cannot afford. <laughs> I would also like a scripted show. I would like a scripted show about a very um, large-handed masculine man taking on his enemy who is a, a weak-willed backstabber with the very thinly-veiled name of Ryan Paul. I would like that. <laughs> very thinly veiled. I like that a lot. That's so Okay, good. it's like a Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, you know, for the new era sort of a show and it just teaches men in the trump family that you can do something with your hair besides comb it straight back <laughs> and then also rupaul's drag race should be on because let's be honest they like everyone likes that show yeah great everyone show. That's likes a great, it that's a great show. great show ron paul's drag race yeah rob <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back the questions around retirement have gotten Tiring. Instead of, have you saved up enough? Shouldn't they be asking, what is it that you love to do? You're not slowing down, so your retirement plan should be more of an action plan, a hiking plan, a golf plan. Lincoln Financial has the products to help protect and grow your financial future. Make your pastimes last a lifetime at lincolnfinancial.com slash action plan. Lincoln Financial Group, marketing name for Lincoln National Corporation and its insurance companies and broker-dealer affiliate, Lincoln Financial Distributors, Inc., 2024, Lincoln National Corporation. My name is Thomas Gibbonsneff. I'm a journalist at the New York Times. I served in the Marine Corps as an infantryman. When it comes to reporting on the front line, a lot of the same basics are at play. Uh, you're looking at the map of where you're going. If you're on a paved road, field roads, you know, is there a hospital nearby? Is your body armor affixed with the first aid kit? Does everyone know where that first aid kit is? We arrive into a, a military position. I get out of the car. I look at my watch. You know, I set a timer, no more than an hour. I'm listening for drones, jets, checking with the team. Is everyone comfortable? And if they are, then we proceed. Frontline reporting is dangerous, but I think nothing is more important than talking to the people involved, you know, hearing their stories and being able to connect that with people 
thousands of miles away. Anything that can make something like this more personal, I think is well worth the risk. New York Times subscribers make it possible for us to keep doing this vital coverage. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that at nytimes.com slash subscribe. I want to turn to conspiracy. <laughs> I love you, Michael. You're like, how can I get this train back on track? <laughs> train totally on track. No puppet. No puppet. Um, I want to go back. I want to talk about conspiracy theories because Trump has a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like he suggested that Hillary Clinton had used performance enhancing drugs during the second debate to remain, you know, standing. And I just want to imagine for a minute what Hillary Clinton would be like on drugs. Like if she, I think. Really, it depends on what kind of drug. Yeah, what right? drug? Because performance enhancing, like she's just really just going to be passing bills left and right. Like I don't think she's going to be doing anything fun. Like she's not going to go to the club. Like she's not going to go to a rave. <laughs> she's just going to be like, let me like, yeah. get some spreadsheets, man. I like, couldn't see her <laughs> taking any fun drugs. I could see her messing with Adderall. I could see her going overboard mm-hmm. with Adderall in an effort to just get more oh, done sure. in any given day. <laughs> she's stayed up all night. Absolutely, yeah. at the at the college library. Yeah, right. I don't, like, I don't <laughs> guys, see I will sleep at some point. She's got sweats on. She's got like, <laughs> college sweats on. I can't see. I can't see Hillary just like popping a bunch of Molly and talking about her no. internal truth. <laughs> I was gonna ask you what she would be like on Molly. Just touching the faces of the other secretaries of oh, state. I would love if she took a bunch of Molly and that was the first time she ever talked to Bill about his cheating. Yeah, that was the first oh direct God. conversation they ever had. Yeah. She just gets real messed up on Molly and it's like, I just need you to know how much that hurt me. Yeah. All right. Can we ask about a Donald Trump drug trip? Because this is a guy oh, yeah. I mean, who's equated drinking and smoking. Cocaine for sure. Coke all night. All, yeah. All just, night. Lo- just rails. Plates of Coke. Golden yeah. plates of Coke. <laughs> But can Golden I ask you guys? Golden platters. All right, so he's so he's smoked a crudite of different smoked. types of coke. <laughs> different. Oh, for sure. I mean, for sure. But now let's imagine he's just had some edibles. He had a little too much of the brownie. It's really setting in. Uh, he needs to sit in the corner. I'm just imagining, Tony, a little too much, a little too much pot. Sitting in the corner, guy. You know, we've all yeah. seen that friend. I feel like, <laughs> like I would do. I seem to sit here him. for six hours. <laughs> I would do edibles with him, and then I would watch Atlanta with him, and I think he would totally get it. Oh. He'd be like, "Yo, Donald Glover, I get this so hard right now." Just a thought. Where Maybe you, you think, start Michael? with Black Jeopardy. I, I yeah, think but... <laughs> the guy. I think the guy never. He he never drinks. He never does drugs. He has this incredible Nancy Reagan internal monologue about straight edge. Say, he's, he's got that straight edge. He does not indulge but he's also 100 percent a sex addict right he doesn't indulge in drugs mm-hmm. but wait is that something that we know about him do we know that he never drinks oh yes. yeah I, yeah his yeah. brother his, his his older brother fred jr died of alcoholism and he is he's adamant about it he's incredibly stern and mm-hmm. and has been with all his kids wow but that then there's all these so stories brave. Then there's stories of all these parties that are full of cocaine that he's there for and enabling everybody he likes being the life of the party right he just isn't. He's just not snorting it himself. Yeah, it's a little Jay Gatsby, wow. like never getting drunk at his own parties. Yeah, Aww. little Jay Gatsby, right Jay. there, <laughs> just staring at I that did. light, staring at that light on the faraway <laughs> shore. I hope it all comes out that he's just doing this because he's been in love the whole time. <laughs> this is, he's who's in he love. in love with? It's not Melania. So who's the real? The girl who got away. Who's the girl? He's pining. He's pining. Uh, we gotta find this woman. All right, so. <laughs> 
I like how many of your questions start from a point of complete exasperation yeah. at where <laughs> things have gone. You're like... <sighs> so to complete the list of all of Donald Trump's conspiracies, there's the rigged election. There's the drug, Hillary Clinton on drugs. There's the Mexican... I mean, the election is rigged because it's like people will vote for the people they the person they think is the best candidate. And, and he that seems unfair. He doesn't yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so my question was, what is going to be the next Donald Trump conspiracy? Cameron? I think it's Hillary Clinton is Putin. Ooh. Hillary Clinton is You know what Bill I mean? Because like, I've never seen her with her shirt off on a horse, so I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I could see him claiming we have never seen Hillary and Bill at the same time. Yeah. I could see him actually That's trying true. to yeah. claim that. That's true. And then people going, well, what, actually. What about those? What, what about all these wedding seen photos? Them so, yeah. so much. The, you you know years them. in office. Well, <laughs> him just saying, no, 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 no. They've never been in the same room. We've got a Clark Kent situation on our hands here. <laughs> yeah, I could see him trying to claim that. Hillary is just Bill had a sex change to become president again. I could see him trying to claim that. Yeah. That would Something be out there. completely insane yeah. like that. So let's talk more about Bill Clinton. It's okay. very possible mm-hmm. at the beginning of next year, he's going to be our first gentleman. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's going to call him that. Yeah. The first gentleman. I heard he wanted to be called first volunteer. Did you guys see that? Mm-mm. Really? I hate that. You can't be the first volunteer. You got to be the first dude. Well, so my question is... How does this guy who likes to stay up really late at night shooting the sh- breeze? Oh, we almost got Ooh, you to come down to our you. level. Loosening up. It's the environment. Oh, it boo. is the guests. Boo, you're so cute. Guard you went slip down. Him a bunch of Molly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bill, bigger than life, what is that White House going to look like when Bill Clinton is first volunteer? I think Hillary's going to run a tight ship. She's going to be like, do not ruin this for me. Like I, and she's gonna have people on the inside spying on him. She, she's not messing around. She's wanted this her whole life, and during the campaign, he said some stuff where she's like, "We talked about no, <laughs> we talked about this." I would love if she wins in November <laughs> and files for divorce in December. Oh, I would love that. It. Would be so. If lit. she was like, "Yo, you're out." Yeah, you're out. Yes. Wait, why do you like that? Because I feel like, listen, I know. Forgiveness is a thing. <laughs> they, I feel like their marriage was out of love and also political aspirations. Like, I think they both wanted to be president. I think they were both like, we got each other's backs. We're going to help each other out. And then he didn't hold up his end of the bargain. I want Hillary to just dump Bill, go on like an Oprah Gale vacay with like her best <laughs> girlfriend to like Australia. Anthony Weiner's ex. Oh, yeah. Her, like her and Huma should just Huma. chill out. Just have like a Diane Lane under the Tuscan sun, just <laughs> vacation, drink some rose, and then come back, start the presidency. Like, I'm ready to kill this. And then, like, maybe have like a, a slightly younger dude on the side. I would love it. Cause I, 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 I do think one of the things about Hillary that's so clear is she's always sitting on emotion. And like we talked about, not being able to make jokes, Trump saying all this stuff, and she has to keep a straight face, even keel. Even in the Sanders debates, he's constantly yelling, talking over. She's just, she has to, she can't fall into it. People are ready to jump on it. I really do enjoy the idea that she gets elected and she's like, yo, my guard's down now and it's all coming out. And Bill's <laughs> yes. in the crosshairs. You're the first one. On the- I would love it if she had like, you know how like Arya Stark has that list of people who wronged her and now she's trying to go, <laughs> I would love if Hillary has that list in her 
in the the breast pocket of her pantsuit at it's all like times. Rogue. I would love yeah. that. I love that you're like. I love that you're like Joe Biden should not punch people. That being said, Hillary has like an assassin. I'm also not the uh, vice president of the United States, though. I'm the guy who lives in Queens, who grew up in New Jersey. And uh, I mean, fair point. See, but I think she's a Khaleesi. That's who I see Hillary uh-huh, as. Like uh-huh. for me, she's full on like. Dragons are hatching. They're on her shoulders. She's just walking through fire. Like that's, I see her that. Way. I would love if that was Trump's next conspiracy theory of like, <laughs> I am telling you, she has an army of horse riding warriors right across the sea, and if she can convince them to get on boats, they're gonna overrun this country. She's gonna bring the Drogo. She's gonna bring the Cal Drogo, and all these guys are but gonna I mean, overrun the country. She's got them. She's got them waiting right over the sea. But isn't the magic that of bridge. Khaleesi that she always manipulates the men around her? In a very sophisticated also, way. Also, she's impervious to fire. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. If you'll permit me for just a second, I want to get just a teeny bit serious. Because there's this really interesting debate going on in your world of comedy about how Donald Trump, in particular, is supposed to be treated. If basically it's, he's allowed to be a source of humor and comedy, if he's allowed to be treated gently, or if that's not allowed, given the kind of campaign he's running given the messages that he has been delivering in this campaign? Um, I, yeah, because I do think that he is a dangerous person, and I do think that, yes, we can laugh at him and talk about how ridiculous he is, but I think he is a voice for a lot of people who do believe a lot of the ugly things that he says. And so when he was on Fallon, and Fallon, like, was just rubbing his hair and being like, oh, like, chummy, chummy, like, this is, you know, Michael B. Jordan promoting a movie. I felt like that was inappropriate. Not that Jimmy Fallon had to, you know, turn on his, like, critical interviewer gaze because that's not his style. But there is something to be said for, like, you don't have to indulge. I've never missed David Letterman more than when I saw that. Yeah. Like, I wasn't. I was. Mm. I think I was a little heartbroken. I wasn't mad at Fallon. It's not Fallon's thing, but it just also made me realize, like, I think late night TV did used to be a little bit less about viral potential, and a little bit more about like this is where like working class people fall asleep listening to someone poke holes at the people mm. in power, and that was just so clearly gone in that moment. It was just so clearly not a priority anymore. Made me miss Letterman. I feel like if Letterman, if Trump was on Letterman. Don't you feel like Letterman would have just looked at him and ended his, he would have ended his campaign. Yeah, it would have been He'd great. He'd just been like, why, uh, so why do you think yeah, you Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way about John like, Stewart. Yeah. yeah, same thing, same thing. I mean, I, I am actually really grateful for Samantha Bee. I think she's done oh, an amazing yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think she's awesome. I also made a decision, I don't know what you guys are doing about it, but I, I have been talking about this on stage for a pretty long time now. Um, I was pro Clinton even when Sanders was running. And that used to be very scary to talk about on stage. People really did not like that. Um, I I made the decision to block him on Twitter because I I just didn't want to... Wait, block who? I just blocked Donald Trump. I'm sorry. To, I made the decision to block Donald Trump on Twitter because I just did not want to read the things that he was saying. And I also did not want them to be retweeted into my timeline. So, like... I will follow what's going on and I know what he has said, but it's like I have to go get it as opposed to it just pops into my timeline uh, without my like permission sort of a thing. Um, and that has really helped me to stay less angry because I was very mad. I also would love to see like some more jokes about Hillary because I feel like the focus has been so much on Trump that 
like she's not even really getting joked about. And and that is a bummer to me because I think there's a lot of material there. I, I think we should, you know, take down all political candidates and make them real people. And uh, I would love to see people joking about her a little bit. I think I think Trump is very scary, but I, I think, you know, there are people saying, should we even make jokes about him? I think you almost have to. Like, I, I feel like, and I am not a political comedian, but the ones who are skilled at it, I really thank God for them because to me, you know, jokes, I don't know, from my perspective, jokes are a thing that have always cut across taboo. And it's like, if a thing is funny, everybody's going to laugh at it. And I look at, like, I give SNL so much credit for the Black Jeopardy sketch because when you look at it, it's really funny. It's getting passed around on Facebook, and a lot of people are going to watch it because it's funny, but there's also some subtle things to that. A, I bet there's a lot of Trump supporters and a lot of people in Black Lives Matter who are going, oh, wait, yeah, part of the point of that sketch is like a lot of people in America have the same complaints no matter where they view themselves. We're all we're all kind of upset and feeling ignored for the same reasons. And then I also even think if if I was someone in the Democratic Party, if I was like a strategist behind the scenes, I would watch that sketch and go, Oh right, a lot. You can kind of make the argument that a lot of the Trump supporters are probably people who are members of unions, are probably working class people, blue collar people who used to be reliably Democrat. A lot of them are feeling really burned, and for some reason, Trump is where they're finding their answers. They should be finding their answers in the Democratic Party. That's where they used to. If you were right, if you were like a working class unionist factory worker, that's a traditionally that's a Democrat. A lot of those people are the ones supporting Trump now. It's a pretty concerning thing. And the humor of that sketch is outright really funny. But then also, I think a lot of the stuff that's right under the surface of it is so on target and honest, which is also part of why it is really funny. Let's see our categories. We got big girls. Mm, I don't know. You better. I'm going to pray on this. They out here saying, <laughs> and as always, white people. Let's go to they out here saying for eight. Okay, the answer there. They out here saying that every vote counts. Oh, Doug again. What is, come on, they already decided who wins even before it happens. Yes! 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 And the Illuminati figured that out months ago. That's another one for Doug. You're all touching on what I think is this great question for comedians in this election, which is, is this campaign in all its wackiness kind of comedic gold, or is it such a parody of the way that a campaign is supposed to be and to feel that it's almost an affront to comedy? I also I think Phoebe and Cameron have definitely hit hard, like the social and moral implications of how to handle this election comedically, what it means to be political right now. Um, but thinking of it just from like a purely nerdy, like technical, like the mechanics of comedy, I think the problem with Trump is that his real life behavior is so absurd that it kind of comedically is already blown out. Like I know one of my good friends is named Anthony Atamanik and he, he's been doing a lot of work. He's, in my opinion, doing the best Trump impression in the country. Anybody who looks up his work, it's like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And I don't want to speak for him, but I know he's run into a problem where he will make jokes that feel so absurd. And then Donald Trump will do <laughs> real life versions of the same joke that are even more, like Anthony was doing the everybody raise your right hand thing because he was like, there's no way. And then Trump actually did. He made his people do a Hitler salute. So let me tell you this. There is an energy in this country. We talk about green energy. Well, I met this guy, incredible guy. This guy is a duke. He's a duke. His name is David. I don't know what his last name is. Wonderful guy. 
and he has an energy company called Triple K. I don't know what they do. I don't know much about them. And he told me about an alternate energy source in this country that apparently has been running this country since its inception, 300 plus years, called white power. Unbelievable. White power. There is white power flowing through this country everywhere, and apparently it runs everything. Unbelievable. And it's a weird thing in comedy where it's like, you know, when you're, when you're especially coming from an improv background, sketch background, it's like, you know, you always have this idea of like, you can't make your character too absurd or nobody buys it. There's got to be something to anchor it to reality in some sense. It's weird to say, but Trump as a human being is already almost hacky. Mm -hmm. by com if he was, a, yeah. <laughs> if you wrote a sketch about that guy, it would come across as like, no one will buy this. It's too big. He is hacky and he's a real life person. So to make comedy that uses that as the foundation is kind of tough. There's some tough elements to that as a writer, as someone thinking comedically. How do I top this guy when he's already saying you grab women by their like? How do you top that? Right, that's he already, tops himself. <laughs> yeah. that's, it's hard to do a really funny impression of a clown. Yeah, like, it's hard to somebody that's already already really entertaining very hard. It's hard to top that. Like he is a Jerry. He's like a Jerry Lewis character. Yeah, he is. Like, <laughs> I want to end by asking you guys in either a line or a word to tell me how you're going to remember the 2016 election. And I'm going to go first. Okay. For me. Yeah. Tic Tacs. Mm-hmm. Chris? Anxiety. I'll give you that. My wife's also out of town now, so all I do is read about the election and don't talk to anybody. <laughs> oh, and it's you. <laughs> killing me. I've been depressed yeah. for days. Chris, if you want my number, you can just text me and don't live that life. Yeah, I don't want that for you. It's crazy. That would be the uh, host's Michael. phone. It's your phone. I had my Ooh. phone off. I have mine on airplane mode. What? Okay, um, Cameron? Well, sorry, New York Times, but I know exactly what word it is for me. Pussy. <laughs> and that is in every sense of the word. We're going to have the first female president. We are not going to grab her. Uh, one word is some of this election cycle. Um. Or sentence. Ignorant. It's been ignorant in a lot of ways. Right? My, re my real answer, <laughs> like when you're asking like, how will I remember it? The real one sentence answer is I will try to forget. Like that's the real <laughs> answer. Yeah. All right. I know I keep saying last question, but this is really it. Chris, can you read this one final tweet? Michael, is it Barbaro? Barbaro? It's whatever the hell you want it to be. Mike, as a man whose last name is often mispronounced to great <laughs> negative effect, I can't do that. <laughs> Barbaro. Mi Michael Barbaro, the author of the now discredited at NY Times hit piece on me with women, has in past tweeted badly about me. He should resign. <laughs> Are you and going to yet. officially announce your resignation? Uh, yeah. they, as they say on Broadway, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> What's the date on that? What's the date on that? That was in May of 2016. Dang. It's oh, actually man. a, it was hard. It was difficult. I mean, there have been, been at least two nights this campaign where I went home and I used the back entrance to my building. And I just mm. said, wow. I think I'll be a little safer this way. Yeah, that's scary. I'm you sorry. Have a back entrance to your building. I know that's pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the service entrance. Service, 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 service. Oh my god! And they scene. give you a key to that? I know, right? <laughs> There's a back door in most buildings in New York. No way. No, not my building. <laughs> not my building. <laughs> not my building in Bay Ridge, man. There's only one way in, one way out. <laughs>
Well, this has been a delight. I've had a great time. Yeah. This is fun. Thanks for having me. It's been really good. Yeah. I feel I feel like lighter. I know you got to say the P word. I said the F yeah, word a bunch. And then realized I, I shouldn't have done that. Out, but... <laughs> My thanks to Phoebe, Chris, and Cameron. Catch Chris in his off-Broadway show, Career Suicide. Pick up Phoebe's new book, You Can't Touch My Hair, and other things I still have to explain. And listen to Cameron's podcast, Put Your Hands Together. That's it for The Run-Up. I'm Michael Barbaro. I'll see you back here on Election Day, when I'll answer your questions on our call-in show. There's still time for your questions. You can leave us a voicemail at 347-868-7110. That's 347-868-7110. Or you can send us an email at therunup at nytimes.com. That's all one word, the runup at nytimes.com. In her new book, Attack from Within, former U.S. attorney and MSNBC legal analyst Barbara McQuaid breaks down the ways disinformation works. McQuaid explains why America is particularly vulnerable to disinformation, how authoritarians have used disinformation to seize power throughout history, and she offers solutions to counter disinformation in this election year. Timothy Snyder, author of On Tyranny, says this book is a necessary call to the ethical commitment to truth that all democracies require. Published by Seven Stories Press, Attack from Within is available now wherever books are sold.